Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Competitive Hedge Podcast, part of the Off the Ball Network and Blue Collar Media Group. Now, today we are going to be doing an NFL team preview, but before getting into talking about those dreaded Philadelphia Eagles, we're going to give you our best bets for the Sunday slate today. Now, we are on holidays, we're out camping right now, but all these betting lines come from Friday. Um, and so these are the plays that we like for the Sunday slate that were available before we took off for holidays. Now, that far in advance doesn't have all of the baseball plays, but it does have a couple of projected pitchers that we like. Um, mainly the Dodgers run line versus Miami. Urias is going versus Cabrera. Um, it's an early play in the day on Sunday at around 12 Eastern time, but like the Dodgers run line there, with Urias on the mound. NFL-wise, you've got Pittsburgh minus 4.5 versus Detroit. Big fan of Pickett picking up the job there in Pittsburgh. Um, I want to see him outplay Rudolph and Trubisky. Uh, Goff is going to be the starter in Detroit, so I don't see him playing as much. But when you've got three quarterbacks all battling it out for a job, I think it just breeds competition, and that means that Pittsburgh's going to win this game. Now, EPL-wise, you got three EPL games on the slate for today, starting with West Ham taking on Aston Villa. I like West Ham draw no bet at plus 122 versus Aston Villa. And, you know, this West Ham team, yes, they're winless so far. They're bottom of the EPL. This is a team that heading into the year had potential Europa League aspirations. I still think Villa are a tad overrated. They just lost to Crystal Palace after being up 1-0. They lose 3-1. And so I think that this is a great spot for West Ham to come in on the road, pick up the victory, at worst a draw, which would be a push, and then we're going to be in a good spot here. So I like West Ham draw no bet. Also like Wolves draw no bet versus Newcastle at minus 112. Now Castle, they're coming off a 3-3 game against Manchester City. They also had a comeback win in the EFL Cup over the week, but I see this as a letdown on the road for them versus Wolves. Uh, I think Wolves at home, they're going to pick up some wins. I'm still not a big Wolverhampton supporter or fan, but I do think that they're going to win this game. Uh, And so the draw no bet at minus 112, I love the value there. And then to cap it off, the late game is Tottenham first half money line versus Nottingham. At minus 105, Nottingham, the team that came up, one of the three promoted sides taking on a talented Tottenham team. Who's coming off a one to nothing win over Wolves? I think this game's going to be pretty open. I think Tottenham's going to score early. They're going to hold on to that lead. We see a 3 to 1 final, maybe 2 nothing final here, but I think Tottenham takes the lead in the first half and they hold it all the way through. So I'm going to take the Tottenham first half money line at minus 105. But now our focus shifts over to our 28th NFL team preview. Now, yesterday we talked all about Tom Brady coming back and playing once again for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're a team that has a new head coach in Todd Bowles. They still have lots of weapons, and we consider them a Super Bowl or bust-type team. They do have the second-best odds to win the Super Bowl. But this team that we're talking about today, they're a team, as mentioned earlier, they are in the NFC East. They are taking uh, the third NFC East team that we're going to be talking about here today a team that made the playoffs last year. I always hate it when they make the playoffs since I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, but that is the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Now, the Eagles 2021-2022 recap. They went 9-8 and eight last year, snuck into the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, had to take on that Tampa Bay side that I mentioned uh, and lost to Tampa Bay 31-15. to You had Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, who were all pros for this team. You saw Jalen Hurts play pretty well as quarterback there. And overall, I mean, yes, the Eagles had a good season, but when we're talking about uh, who they beat, they didn't beat any playoff teams last year. So part of it is probably fortunate in who they played, and part of it is just the NFC wasn't very good last year. 9-8 and eight got you into the playoffs. So what did they do this offseason to address some of the issues that they had and potentially improve this year? Well, they lost Alex Singleton to Denver and Roddy McLeod to Indy. Right off the bat, those are two major losses for your defense. So what did they do? They went out, they brought in Hassan Reddick from Carolina, $15 million a year over three years. They also brought in cornerback James Bradbury from the Giants on a one-year $10 million contract. On draft night, they made a splash. They went out and traded for A.J. Brown from Tennessee, only had to give up a third rounder to get him, and then just recently traded J.J. Arsenega-Whiteside to Seattle for safety, Ugo Amadi. Now, as far as the rest of the draft goes, they went out and got defensive tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia in the first round and then drafted his Georgia teammate N'Kobe Dean in the third round as well, the linebacker there. So they did fill the holes on the defensive side and they went out and they got a weapon for this offense. So how's this team going to look this season? Is this a team that is going to get back to the playoffs, a team that could potentially win the NFC East? Do they have even further playoff aspirations? It really is tough to say. We, we mentioned Jalen Hurts already, the quarterback there. We're still not convinced that Philadelphia trusts him moving forward as their franchise quarterback. The running back carousel that they have, Miles Sanders should be the starter, but he's already questionable. You got Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott behind him, so who knows who's going to get the bulk of the carries this year. Now that you have a true number one wide receiver, this Philadelphia Eagles receiving core looks a lot better. Now you have Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, Jalen Rieger, Greg Ward. There's, It's a good wide receiver core that is led by a guy that was great in Tennessee last year. Now, he has had a bit of an injury issue. If he stays healthy, though, A.J. Brown's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. So, you went out and you tried to get Hurts the help that he needs moving forward. You know that the O-line's going to be solid. We talked about Kelsey and Johnson, how they were all pro guys. These are guys that you just really like moving forward, protecting your quarterback. And the fact that your quarterback is also mobile, I think, goes a long way. Now, on the defensive side, you still got Fletcher Cox. You've got Hassan Reddick that they brought in, Darius Slay. Uh, this is a good secondary. Could use a bit more maybe on the pass rush side of things, but... When you look top to bottom, this is a good Eagles side. And, and I hate to say it because I hate it when the Eagles are good. But I do think that they're maybe a quarterback away. As I said, we're still not sold on Jalen Hurts. I think he's pretty good. Um, you have to be at least half decent in order to get your team to the playoffs. But it's whether Philadelphia trusts him moving forward. Now, from a betting side of things, the Eagles, they're plus 165 to win the division. Dallas is plus 115 when we look at the schedule for this team I think there is it's not outside the realm of possibility that they go and win the division now 
I'm not going to tell you that the Eagles are going to win the division. I'm a Dallas fan. I truly believe they'll get it done. But I will say this much. The over under 9.5 wins, the over I like at minus 141. I think this is a 10-win Philadelphia team. I think they've made the moves to at least be a win better than a year ago. And you just have to look at the division. They're going to play Washington and the Giants twice. If you are going to get to that 10-win total, then you have to you have to win three of four against those two teams. And if you don't, if you go 500, then you have to go and sweep Dallas. So I think four and two is kind of the range that I'm looking at for Philadelphia to finish in the division. If that happens, then they have to go and win six of 11 non-division games. So you open with Detroit on the road. I actually think that's a trap line. I know everyone will probably bet the Eagles week one. I think Detroit has the potential to maybe knock them off early on at home. But then you also play the rest of that division. So you're going to have Minnesota, Green Bay, and Chicago. I think you can go two and two against that division overall. So there's two of your four or two of your six that you need. But you have to then win four of the remaining seven. Those games being against Jacksonville, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Houston, Indy, Tennessee, and New Orleans. I think Houston and Jacksonville, you can definitely win. Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Tennessee, you have to then go and win two of those three games. I think they have the potential to do that. So I think if I'm betting anything, it's on the Eagles over win total at minus 141. I do like this Eagles team uh, and think that they have the ability to do so. Now, let's talk fantasy value-wise for this team. We've mentioned Jalen Hurts already that maybe the team isn't sold on him, but as far as fantasy value goes, it seems like a lot of people are pretty sold on Jalen Hurts. He's quarterback seven as far as fantasy football goes. He's just ahead of Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, just behind Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray. Feels about right given that Hurts last year, from a fantasy perspective, he was quarterback nine overall but I do think that he's going to improve now that he is that number one option he is a guy that he can truly lean on so I expect him to be much better um, from a passing perspective their offense yes they were ranked 14th last year but they were also 29th in passing yards 32nd in passing attempts and 25th in passing touchdowns so Hertz is going to need to get it done a bit more from a passing perspective um, as far as his upside, though, from the running game, I mean, it's it's pretty black and white. The, the guy can run very well, and he's going to use his legs on a lot of occasions in order to get himself out of some jams. And so I think that that's why you go out and you draft a guy like Jalen Hurts because he's going to get you anywhere from 7 to 12 rushing attempts. He's going to go and get 30 to, to 80 rushing yards on the ground. He's going to get some touchdowns as well. He had four games last year where he had multiple rushing touchdowns in a game. So maybe he falls in love with it a bit too much, but when your quarterback's going to go and get 10 rushing touchdowns, you're not going to be disappointed fantasy-wise. Now, running back, this to me is a stay away from the Eagles' backfield. Miles Sanders, if he was healthy, 100%. Miles Sanders last year was going third, fourth round. Now he's up in the sixth or seventh round. He's going with guys like Damian Harris, like Kareem Hunt, who's the backup. He's behind CEH, who we're still not convinced is the number one in Kansas City. And A.J. Dillon, who is the 1B in Green Bay, but once again, he's the B option there behind Aaron Jones. So 
I don't love drafting Miles Sanders. I think if you punt running back down the road and you draft him, you're taking a massive risk that he, he may get hurt, and then you're going to have to start getting into your bench with running backs. If you've got plenty of running backs, go ahead and draft him. I mean, if you have the depth, go and get your fourth running back and have it be Miles Sanders. You're not going to be uh, – you might be disappointed if he gets hurt, but overall if he plays, then you're not going to be disappointed. So – I don't want to then go and draft Kenneth Gainwell in, in, you know, the 13th round or go and get Boston Scott off waivers. You kind of have to wait for that injury to happen, unfortunately, and then hope that you have the waiver wire priority in order to get them. Or if you're in a certain league, you can go and use your uh, your waiver wire budget in order to get them. But Gainwell, I guess you could maybe draft as a late flyer just to stash him if you don't have faith in, in Sanders playing the year, but this is just a backfield. I don't love it. I think there's better options there. I would far rather draft the four guys that I mentioned, Harris, Hunt, CEH, and Dylan. Now, wide receiver-wise, A.J. Brown, he's going in that third-round range. He's just behind Mike Evans and Debo Samuel. He's just ahead of Keenan Allen and T. Higgins. I definitely like Brown over Higgins, 100%, I think. Higgins might even be a little bit overvalued this year. I wish he was going a bit around later um, behind some of the those other wide receivers. But A.J. Brown being your team's number one wide receiver, as I said, he plays a full schedule, and you're thrilled. He's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. The question is, is he going to play the full year? And I know that's a cop-out. Well, injuries, and, and we've already talked about injuries with Miles Sanders, but it is a cause for concern. Um, if you're punting, if you go running back, running back, and you want him to be that week to week guy, you're probably better going and getting Evans, Debo, or Allen. If he's your second wide receiver and you've already drafted the Diggs, the Tyreeks, the Devonte Adams, the Cooper Cups, then that's all fine, well, and dandy. But I do think that there's a lot of upside here with Brown. Even if he misses a game or two, maybe three, he's still going to cross 1,000 yards. But the safer option is probably one of those other three that I mentioned. He also have Devontae Smith in the offense. He's going in that seventh-round range. Um, He is going behind Drake London and Hunter Renfro. I like Renfro a lot more, maybe not London. He is ahead of Elijah Moore and Ayuk. I would take Moore, but not Ayuk, ahead of Devontae Smith. And then once you start going down the list, you're looking at waiver wire guys for Philadelphia that I mentioned earlier. Tight end-wise, you can go and get Dallas Goddard. His ADP is 74, so he's going in that in that tight end wasteland, let's call it what it is. Um, once you get past the top five, you are in that wasteland with Hawkinson, Schultz, Zach Ertz. I've drafted Goddard in the past and been a bit disappointed, so I'm going to stay away from him from a fantasy perspective, but... TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, they're all good options. Um, You're basically giving up a seventh rounder for your tight end, which isn't bad. Um, Maybe get one of these guys so you don't have to go and get the Noah Fants and the Irv Smiths, but overall I don't love drafting a guy like Dallas Goddard this year. So my expectations for Philadelphia, well, as a Dallas fan, I hope that they stink. But from a realistic fan's perspective, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. I think they're a playoff team in the NFC. Um, we didn't even talk about what their playoff odds were. I would imagine that they're they're going to be up there. Like, they're going to be a little bit juiced. I think Vegas will see that this team should make the playoffs when we're talking about the Eagles. So um, that's kind of where I see them going. I hope that Hurts plays well because it feels like they're finding any excuse to replace them. Um, them to make the playoffs is minus 173, I just looked. So 
bit juiced odds, but I do still like it there. But I hope that Hertz plays well. I, I think he's he's limited in what he can do with his arm right now. If he can continue to improve on the accuracy side, then we could see him be a top 10 QB next year. Um, but if he doesn't, then I think Philly's going to figure out a way to move on from him. They've apparently been wanting to do that already. So um, if you're an Eagles fan, you'll see a lot of wins this year. Uh, hopefully not against Dallas. You'll be in the playoffs. But once you get there, I don't know how far you're going to get. We've already talked before about the upper echelon being the Tampas and the Rams. And if you get one of those two teams, then do you have the ability to knock them off? I don't know if Philadelphia does, but anything can happen once you get a ticket to the big dance. So thank you, everyone, who tuned in to our show on this Sunday. Uh, We are back tomorrow talking San Francisco 49ers. We are at the home stretch. Four teams left to go. And we are super excited to talk more NFL with you guys. But uh, appreciate everyone who tuned in. And we'll see you guys tomorrow for the Competitive Hedge podcast.